Electricast. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement, Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest, Brett Michael Phillips to the show. Our guest was a world-class software engineer from MIT and helped to create the modern internet during his time in graduate school at MIT. After leaving MIT to pursue a technology startup, he experienced a staggering physical challenge and years of chronic pain and failed treatments led doctors to put him on permanent disability. With his right arm paralyzed after an experimental surgery, Brent went to a healer and experienced his first miracle when his arm was instantly and permanently healed. Knowing his life path path was fortuitously altered, our guest then spent years studying with the world's best master healers, gurus, psychics, and spiritual teachers to discover and reverse engineer the scientific laws and principles underlying miraculous instant healing, financial abundance, loving relationships, and even enlightenment itself. He is the creator of the Awakening Dynamics System, which consists of advanced consciousness techniques for subconscious clearing, instant healing, manifestation, seeing energy and auras, and the ascension of consciousness from awakening to enlightenment. Brent is an award-winning author, an Amazon.com number one best-selling co-author, and the inventor of the patent-pending formula for miracles, technology. His greatest passions are teaching healing and helping others to experience their own genuine spiritual awakenings. To learn more, get his books for free, and join Brent live to experience block clearing and higher consciousness, please visit his website, awakeningdynamics.com. It's a great pleasure. I welcome Brent to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank it's you for exciting. This is exciting. Absolutely. I, I appreciate having guests on that can share perspective about things like healing because we all need healing right now. Yeah. And learning from your personal experiences and what you've delved into in your study and your viewpoints are going to be greatly appreciated and shared with our audience. And the first question I want to ask you is how is it that you were able to be an MIT trained software engineer to become then a healer who decoded the formula for miracles? It's funny. That was never my plan, right? My plan for my life was totally different than what happened. My plan was pretty simple. I grew up, I was your typical nerd, right? I was one of those 70s indoor indoor kids, they used to call us, right? I loved Dungeons and Dragons, (laughs) Star Trek, all that kind of stuff, right? Lord of the Rings, Tolkien, the the whole nerd deal. And I figured uh, I wanted to be a software engineer because programming computers was the one thing I was good at that I knew you could get paid for, right? So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to college at MIT, become one of the best software engineers in the world, start a company, sell it for millions of dollars. And then hopefully by the time I turn 30, I'd be retired living on some tropical island, spending my days hot tubbing with supermodels. So that was Brent. Sounds like a great plan. Sounds like a great plan. It's a great plan, right? And uh, But it didn't work out that way. Uh, It got off to a good start. It went well right up to the point where I left MIT. 
And I actually left early. I'm proud to be one of the world's few overeducated dropouts because I got a whole bunch of degrees, but I also never finished my doctorate. So technically I'm a dropout. And so I had dropped out of the PhD program to start a website company because I was one of the world's top internet experts right there when it was blowing up. I was at MIT when we landed the World Wide Web Consortium. So I was right in the thick of it. What time frame is that? Just for point. That was like 1993, 94. Yeah, fair enough. And then 1995, everything changed because all of a sudden Windows 95 came out, which basically for the non-nerds in the crowd, it allowed you to run internet applications on every PC in the world. So that was huge. They also released what was called DirectX which was, if you're not a gamer, you probably wouldn't care, but it really, it was a technology that allowed games to run on Windows for the first time. Before that, everything ran on DOS. That's significant. So (laughs) I saw these two opportunities and I'm like, hey, this is the gold rush of my lifetime. I know how to take advantage of this and build what today we call the first multiverse or the first metaverse. That was really my vision. And so long story short, I left MIT, recruited my lifelong best friend. We started a website company. That seemed like a good way to make money. Certainly in 1995, it was a great way. Absolutely. And so long story short, the first year was great. We landed several high-profile projects, including our first professional website was the website for the launch of the Sony PlayStation. So that was a big deal, right? Absolutely. We did the first website for Nissan Motors. We did the first website for Disneyland. We had six or seven Fortune 500 clients. And after a year, I had 15 people working for me. And I thought, hey, we're going to make millions of dollars, right? This is going great. But that's when I hit a brick wall. And the first piece of it was my health. That I had been working 80 to 100 hours a week because I wanted to be successful more than anything. I was willing to do any amount of work, make any sacrifice. And so I was pushing and pushing and my body started to break down. I started to have pain in my wrist, my neck, my elbows. And a long story short, I started going to doctors and physical therapy. And I spent the next three years going to lots of doctors and lots of physical therapy. But I didn't get better. I got worse. And I kept getting worse and worse. And I was starting to get nervous about this. I'm like, what's going on? And uh, everything blew up all at once in 1998. And here's what happened was, First, the first thing that happened was our game company lost its publisher. Basically, the publisher decided to go bankrupt. And so we were just screwed, right? Out in the cold with nothing. Right about the same time, I had spent three years going through climbing the mountain of the medical hierarchy, going to better and better doctors and therapists, right? Up until I finally had an appointment to see the head doctor at the Curlin Job Clinic. And if you're into medicine, sports, rehab, that's a big deal. It's often considered the top physical therapy clinic in the entire United States. And I got an appointment to see the head guy. And that was hard. It took me three years, right? And I was so excited because you, you got to remember that this wasn't just a little tingle in my wrist, right? I was in severe pain. I had to move in with my parents because a lot of days I needed my mother to help me get dressed and cut my food. So this was real disability, right? This wasn't, gee, my wrist hurts when I run. No, this was like, I'm in constant pain. I'm having trouble sleeping, nightmares, all the stuff that happens, right? And so I go in to see him expecting this guy has the cure, right? And I remember he's this, what I remember to an older kind of southerly gentleman, right? And he's looking at my files and he's just looks at me and he goes, well, I'm sorry, son, but there's nothing or I or anyone can do for you. You're never going to be out of pain and you never be able to go back to work. And I was what just like, you, what did you think when I was told to you? Cause I can only imagine how disheartening that must sound. I, I didn't even know what to say. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting, oh, you can do this and maybe a surgery or a rehab or a device, or I thought he'd have something. Right. And he said, I'm going to do you a favor some. I put you on lifetime disability now because you got to get used to it. And again, I was so stunned. I couldn't even speak. And I'm just like, and the last thing he said before I got ushered out of his office, he said, tell me, son, do you got someone that can take care of you until you die? 
And he recommended me for permanent disability. And I was 27 years old. So you can imagine how devastating that was. <laughs> I went and told my best friend, a business partner, I figure he'd be all, hey, Brent, we'll get through this together. I got your back. We had obstacles before. We always overcame them together. No, just the opposite. He was like, hey, man, if you can't work, you're of no value to us. So I got fired from two companies I had founded, which shouldn't have even been legal, right? But he had pl played a bunch of games with the contracts because he, he came from a family of lawyers and I had just trusted him. So basic. And I also found out he had been secretly dating the woman I was in love with. Right. So he just saw this as a convenient excuse to cut me out of the company. So that happened. And so I was left with no job, no income. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer and emotional intelligence coach and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast. Having to apply for lifetime disability at 27 when it's really hard to get, right? Living with my parents in severe pain with no hope of ever recovering. So you can imagine, right? I started day drinking. I started using drugs. I was suicidal. I could go on and on, right? And uh, really what it comes down to is I was going through my first dark night of the soul. I lost everything, right? Two, three years before, I was at the top of the world. I really thought I was going to have this amazing life. <laughs> and now it was like, <clears throat> I'd really rather be dead than have to suffer through what was coming, right? And so again, to make a long story very short, I did some positive thinking that didn't help, right? I did all this alternative medicine. <clears throat> I spent five years on this alternative medicine journey. I went to acupuncturists and chiropractors and osteopaths, and I did yoga and Pilates and energy healing and cleanses and antioxidants and special diets and machines and all this stuff, right? So I ran up like $100,000 debt doing all this alternative medicine. And it didn't help me either. I didn't get better. I got worse. And it was so frustrating. <laughs> so after five years on disability, running around chasing treatment, racking up a huge debt I could never pay off, I agreed to have an experimental surgery. And the reason was simple. My work, lump, <clears throat> my work comp lawyer had said, Brent, I can't get you any more benefits. You're at the end of the rope. The only thing that would buy you time is surgery. And so I, I volunteered. And a uh, long story short, I had the surgery. And instead of curing me from my pain, I woke up from the surgery and my right arm was paralyzed. I couldn't move it at all. And it was like, okay, it was bad before and now it's even worse, right? Now driving is very dangerous. Brush, I couldn't brush my teeth. You, you don't think about these things, but it's really difficult to floss your teeth with one hand. Really difficult. Can imagine. All these, yeah, all these things I had never thought about. Even tying your shoes is difficult. And so it was this whole new level of, of pain and disability. Right after that, my first wife left me. So I'm there. My wife just left me. I'm recovering from this surgery. I'm on lifetime disability, right? Running up a huge credit card debt. My disability payments barely cover my rent. I'm in severe pain and my arm is paralyzed. And it really felt like my life was over. And, uh, but as they say, it's always darkest before the dawn. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? I had done all these treatments. I had manipulations and <clears throat> tried all these machines and done, done all this stuff. It didn't help. I went to go see this crazy healer lady. She was a friend of my aunt Lauren. Her name was Terry. And I didn't know a lot about Terry. I had met her a few times before because she was an old friend of my aunt. But I knew that Terry had this really big, successful career in finance. Evidently, she had gotten sick and energy healing had saved her life. And she had quit her job in finance. She was making $170,000 a year. And this was like, what, 2002-ish? So that was a lot of money, especially back then. 
she just walked away from her job with two weeks notice to be a professional healer. What kind and, was it? Was it like and, Reiki or? Uh, no, it's all, it all done with the mind. What and, kind, was there a form of energy healing specifically that she learned that she? There was, but I can't get into that. Okay. Only because there was some legal stuff and lawsuits. Gotcha. <laughs> Lots of drama. I'd love to talk about it, but I really shouldn't. Don't want to get me or you or someone sued here. Let's just say that the energy healing world is full of really nasty, litigious people too. People are people, right? But anyhow, she had become a full-time professional healer. I was her very first professional client, which is funny. <laughs> now, of course, she didn't tell me that, right? But I learned later, wow, I was her first professional client. And long story short, she said, okay, Brent, we're going to go work with your subconscious. You have a lot of subconscious blocks. That's why you're not healing, right? And I was like, sure, lady, whatever. And so she did this thing with me, muscle testing, checking for blocks, clearing blocks for about an hour. And then she's like, okay, Brent, we're going to take care of your arm now. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, lady, right? As at this point, I had been to like 15 different specialists. None of them could get my arm to move, right? And she just closed her eyes and went into a trance. She was doing some kind of meditation or prayer, right? And I'm just looking out the window thinking about what I want to get for lunch on the way, right? I really didn't expect anything to come of this. And about a minute into the process, I heard this loud pop and crack inside my arm. It was the weirdest thing. It was like a little firecracker went off, like kaboom. It's the little clicks and pops we get in our joints as we age, yes. but like a hundred times stronger. Like it wasn't just a, it was like a kaboom. And I was like, whoa. And I remember Terry opened her eyes. She goes, try your arm now. And I'm like, oh my God, I could move my arm again. It really was a miracle. I want to ask you something. Yeah. Because <laughs> I want to stop you for one second, because that's a profound thing. And I understand and appreciate it because I've had a lot of spiritual experiences through my life. My question to you is when you had this revelation that she did what she did, and then you felt the pops, and then you realized that there's nothing that could explain it other than it being a miracle, probably. Yeah. What yeah. was your, did your mindset shift immediately? Did it take a while for you to adjust to the reality of what you just experienced? A little. It's, this is where my scientific engineering training came in handy. That I was used to, I knew what to do with an unexpected result. And really my immediate reaction was, oh crap, there really is something to this stuff. <laughs> but I also knew that no one could explain it. And so I decided that would be my purpose. I love it. I love you I was, don't understand how much I love having you on the show right now because my personal viewpoint is the more scientific mindset, like people who are trained in, in, in something like engineering, or I'm a lawyer, for example, sure. that then has these spiritual experiences happen to you. And you then go through the dark night of the soul, as you said, or go through some major setbacks health-wise and everything else. I feel like it becomes that much more compelling when you get to tell a story like this because sure. of where you are, what you've been through, where you're not, where you are now. The short version of the story is I decided to become a professional healer, just like Terry. <laughs> and I studied intensely, opened my business a year later. And uh, there's way more story beyond that, but that's the essence of it. And really what I found was this, that I spent a lot of years going around to a lot of amazing teachers. I went to lots of different gurus and masters and psychics and shamans and healers of various sorts, right? Starting with Terry, but she was just the first of many. And here's what I found, that there really are a lot of people out there that ha have some incredible abilities. There really are. And there's a lot of people that can do some really wonderful things. But here's the challenge. For most of them, it's just some talent or gifts they have. For most of the people I saw, they didn't really fully understand what they were doing or how it worked, right? It would be something like this. Imagine that you're Shaquille O'Neal and you're seven foot two or whatever, right? And someone says, hey, Shaq, can you dunk a basketball? And he takes the ball and he dunks it, which is really easy when you're seven foot two, right? <laughs> and he goes, hey, I'm good at this. So he starts teaching weekend seminars on how to dunk a basketball. And people pay $500 a head and I'll go in the hotel room, right? And Shaq goes up and goes, here's how you do it. Jump, throw ball down. And everyone's like, excuse me, Mr. O'Neill. It's not that easy if you're not seven foot two, right? <laughs> I'm a five foot one grandma. I can't do that. 
And it'd be like, really? I can do it. Watch. Boom. So that's what I found what it was like. There are a lot of great healers, intuitives, mystic shamans that can do some wonderful things. But the way they teach it is they go, just do what I do. But it doesn't work for you because you're not them. They had some gift, ability, talent. And I did not have that. I did not have that psychic gift, that natural ability. I've had lots of students and clients who do. You may be one of them. People that are like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was three years old, I used to see angels on my bedpost. And then one day my dad told me that it was make-believe and I was being a baby and I had to stop and then they disappeared. I hear that kind of thing all the time, right? I never had that happen. I was just some guy. But over time, what I learned was there is a technology here. And that's one of the things I really want your listeners to take away. That consciousness, energy healing, prayer, manifesting, this is a technology. And in the my language, way, by the way, yeah, <laughs> all the things you're talking about, I for sure. Do. If we look at engineering and science is all about understanding the laws of the universe and applying that understanding to create useful technology, right? Pretty simple. So metaphysics is no different. There are metaphysical laws of the universe. And if we know how to understand them and apply them, we can do a sort of metaphysical engineering and create some really useful and valuable things. And when people ask me what I do, that's one of the things I'll say sometimes. I'll say I'm a metaphysical software engineer. (laughs) What does that mean? But it's actually marrying the two together in your point of reference. Yeah, yeah. Powerful. It's actually quite accurate and full of meaning if you understand how to look at it. So my goal is to help turn this into technology. There is a place for faith, right? There is a place for reason, but there's also a place for bringing the two together. And so it's not religion, right? What I'm teaching is, isn't religion because I'm not expecting you to believe anything just because I said it, right? <laughs> or because it was written in some book. No, that's just blind faith, right? What I tell all of my students and clients is don't believe anything I say just because I said it. Hear the content of the message. Go have your own experience and see if it's true for you. That's what I want people to take away because there are a lot of con artists and charlatans in this world. There are. There's a lot of people that will tell you what you want to hear and take your money and then disappear when it doesn't work. I know this because I've worked with a lot of them, right? Yeah. I've lost a lot of money to a lot of unethical people. But there are a small number of people that are the real deal. And it's been my mission to go find everyone that's the real deal and figure out what you're doing and how it works. Because it's nice if one person knows how to do it, but it's much better if a hundred, a thousand, a hundred thousand people know how to do it. That can change the world. So here we are. I just love the way you you package yourself and you explain things. You're very, I can relate, very relatable. I want to ask you this. You can tell I really did go to MIT a bunch of times, right? (laughs) But people sometimes doubt that. I'm like, you don't need to see my diplomas. Just talk to me for five minutes. (laughs) There's your proof, right? Proving my own theory in my own mind, which is that eventually technology is going to catch up to the spiritual side of what we're doing. And uh, that there's a grand spiritual renaissance, I believe, going on right now, following the last several years of your suffering that you've been through. It's like the planet has suffered on its own level as well. And when you have suffering, there's always a after the suffering is understood, there's a, I believe there's a journey we're all on. And I think what you're doing, being a trailblazer and the stuff cutting edge, in my opinion, and what you're marrying the different disciplines. I want to ask you this because I have to, if you could tell about the formula for miracles based sure. on your view, because I know you've done so, a lot of work. Yeah. So it was interesting that it, 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 when I started this journey of be, becoming a healer, I had this naive idea that it would cost me maybe $5,000 and take six months. No, it was more like 12 years and half a million dollars. The process. Yeah, it was a long process. And I went around to all these different amazing teachers, right? Though for the first 10 years, Terry, my first healer, she was really my home base. And we had developed a system together called the Formula for Miracles. And it's essentially was a lot of metaphysical techniques, but I ended up not releasing that for a couple of reasons. 
<laughs> One is uh, Terry died suddenly. She had a massive stroke and she was gone. And secondly, what I realized was that th th there's different generations of technology in this world. If we look at computers, there's different generations of computer technology, right? <laughs> we had the exper experimental machines in the 40s and 50s. In the 60s and 70s, it was really the rollout of mainframes, right? Big business computers, right? IBM, et cetera. In the 80s, it was personal computers, 80s and 90s, right? The Apple, P uh, Apple II PC, the IBM PC, right? Personal computers. Then in the mid to late 90s, it was the internet, right? And then we have cell phones and then we have smartphones. And it, it, so we have both these different generations. Self-improvement is the same. Consciousness has, tech, has generations of technology. And so th th this is one thing I'd love your listeners to take away. That I see this stuff really put into three different generations of technology. The first generation of consciousness technology is the often very well-known positive thinking law of attraction, right? So the secret, think and grow rich, mantras, affirmations, masterminds, vision boards. And I think the secret is a great summary of first-generation consciousness technology, right? Positive thinking, <laughs> vision board, right? Align supportive people. Now, by saying it's first-generation, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying it's primitive, right? Just like a Model T. What's wrong with a Model T? Well, there's nothing wrong with it. It was a great innovation for its time. It's just compared to a 21st century car, it's primitive, right? It, it doesn't have ceiling windows, doesn't have air conditioning, doesn't have a radio. You had to turn start it. So the first generation stuff, law of attraction, positive thinking, success coaching is useful, but it's limited because it can only take you so far. Are you going to be able to drive cross country in your Model T? No, <laughs> it's going to break down. It'll work for a while, but it will break down. So the second generation of consciousness technology is where it gets interesting. And this is really what Terry introduced me to. The second generation, the hallmark is it starts to work directly with the subconscious mind. And that's really important. And there are dozens, if not hundreds of modalities out there that all work on the same paradigm, that we have all these energies in the subconscious, right? We use muscle testing, applied kinesiology to read and identify these energies and then use some kind of energy healing practice or maybe an electrical machine or something to shift the programs in the subconscious. And that's a big step forward. Why? 99% of our power is locked up in the subconscious, right? So second gen technologies would be things like hypnotism, NLP, Psych K, motion code, healing codes, these kinds of things. Now, great systems, right? They can all be very useful to people. But they do have limitations. <laughs> the limitations are one, they're used entirely from the ego. Being a master of metaphysics will never make you enlightened. It's only going to help you make, it can help you make more money, heal your body, right? But it won't really make, elevate your consciousness. And it also has no way to embody, in other words, to get new consciousness into the body. So it's very head centric in that way. Now, the upside is with the second gen techs, this is where you start to see medical miracles. This is where you start to see people instantly healing from cancer or back pain or migraines, right? Coming into big windfalls of money overnight. But the limitations are one, it doesn't help everyone. And two, it can be a slow and difficult process. So I wasn't introduced to the third generation until I met my now late mentor, Carl. And he introduced me to what we call the quantum field work which is visual and symbolic, and it works through moving and feeling energies in the body, totally unlike anything I'd done before, coupled with the, the study of awakening, also called non-duality or Advaita Vedanta. And so the, the, that's a lot of setup. So here's the good answer. <laughs> that when I, what I introduced with Terry was the formula for miracles was a very highly developed second generation technology. It worked really well. But like everything in this generation, it had limits. So I wanted to do more. I wanted to integrate the third generation work. <laughs> so the formula for miracles, the way we use it today 
is very specific. One of the cool things we can do with it is use it to create audio programs that have subconscious clearings embedded in them. This is one of the neat features of the technology, right? Is it a fundamental shift? No. Like the difference between a Model T and a jet airplane, that's a fundamental change, right? One drives on the ground at 20 miles an hour, the other flies through the air at 600. That's a whole nother game, right? But one of the many things we could do with it was create these audio programs that could actually clear your subconscious blocks just by listening. And so that's what the formula for miracles became. It became this wonderful system that we use to create programs that people can totally change their life with just by downloading and listening to them. Why? It goes straight into the subconscious. Now, the third gen. Yeah, that's very significant. It is. It's significant. That's the pinnacle of the second gen technology. Because if you look at the history, first, I learned how to do one-on-one healings, right? Sitting in a row. Then I learned how to do one-on-one remote healings. Then I learned how to do one-on-many group healings locally. Then I learned how to do one-on-many remote healings. So the four stages, the fifth stage was learning to encode it into a program that someone could listen to at any time. So we succeeded with that. It really works, right? What I have not succeeded with is taking the third gen work to put it in a box. I think that may be impossible. It'd be like writing a book on how to fall in love. There's too many variables and missing pieces. Or it also, similarly, it might be like writing a book on how to surf. You could do that. Right. I did some surfing in high school. I could write a short book on it. But is reading the book going to make you a better surfer? You got to practice it. For the most part, no. That I found this with martial arts. I used to do a lot of martial arts as a young man. If you don't know an art, if you don't know boxing or karate and you watch videos on it, worthless. It literally does nothing. It may be dangerous because you think you know something. You're going to go pick a fight in a bar and get your ass kicked, right? No, please don't. <laughs> so, so it's like that. But when we have third generation technology, this is pretty close to 100%. It always works. But it does have a steeper learning curve. And you just can't put it into a book in the way you could other things. (laughs) So if you've never surfed before, you can go read a thousand books on surfing. It's really not going to help you at all. The only thing that's going to help you is having a teacher aboard in a wave, right? And try to get on the board and catch the wave and fall over and over, right? And your teacher gives you feedback and you keep trying. That's embodiment, folks, right? I don't know how to embody higher consciousness in a book. I do know how to do it through process and movement, right? But it is a, it's a different beast. It's visual symbolic versus uh, word-based. And so that, that's a big difference. But here's what the listeners need to know. At the end of the day, who cares what's under the hood, right? What you want is something. Work. Right. You just want something that's going to move your life forward. Exactly. And I've created a pretty comprehensive set of techniques and programs and such. The goal being wherever you are, Whatever your next step is, I'm going to try to meet you there with what you need. That's really what it comes down to, right? Because <laughs> there, there are, when I first did this, I've been doing this professionally for, this is my 20th year now. Long time, right? I've had something like 19,000 private sessions. And most people who are out there doing healing or coaching work, most of them, they went to a couple of weekend seminars, someone rubber transfer certificate, Right. And they're out there blindly applying some technique they learned, hoping to get good results. That's how we all start, right? My guess is that's probably how you started your career as a lawyer. They taught you a bunch of stuff in law school, right? (laughs) Then someone handed you a real brief, a real whatever. And you had to figure it out. Right. And you just got to figure it out. go by. You get the go by. The beautiful go by to start with. And you figure out and all. Yeah. You don't really know what you're doing. You just apply what you've been taught. And, and the rep- that, repetition teaches you to learn yeah. how to do this. What I want to offer is, hey, I'll meet you wherever you're at, right? And help you create a plan of what's going to move you forward. Because again, this is all technology. And you don't need to fully understand the technology to use it, do you? Of course not. Most people don't understand how their car's engine works, but they drive around just fine, right? How many people actually understand how your iPhone works? Very not few. a lot, right? I understand it at a high level, right? 
I understand the concepts, right? It runs a Unix operating system. It's got wireless communication, blah, 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 right? But there's a lot of magic that goes into putting it all together. <laughs> so that's my job. My job is to understand the ins and outs. That way, for people to come to me, I can go, hey, this is what you need. You need this. Because everyone, well, the fact is, people need a little different thing to move forward. And there's a lot of people out there selling one thing like it's one size fits all. No. Like with diet. People find a, a diet that works for them and they become like born again evangelists, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I like to joke about like born social again media. Right. Born again vegetarians, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, you, you became vegetarian. It worked great for you. Awesome. Good for you. That doesn't mean it's going to work for all your friends and family, right? So there's a lot of that in this world. My, my goal is to get unemotional and make it clear about this is technology, right? Let's make a clear-headed decision about which technology is going to take you to where you want to go, right? If you want to get from here to Tokyo, it's going to involve a boat or an airplane, isn't it? Sure. Your car is not sufficient technology. It will not get you there. I don't care how good your car is. <laughs> and that's what a lot of people are doing. They have their doctor, their healer, their thing, right? But it just can't take them where they want to go. It's not the fault of the technology. It's just, that's not what it's for. I want to ask you this. Yeah. Since you are in, in, in between both worlds, as I call it, scientific engineering, and then the spiritual metaphysical. And I, what, you find, what you're describing is something that I've had my own theory about for a while in the sense that I believe that technology is eventually going to prove, for example, how the body, the spirit leaves the body when upon death to ascend to the other sure. side. That, and I believe that in, it may even happen during our lifetime. My question is this, what do you think artificial intelligence could do with the healing modalities and your own particular area of a study? Yeah, it's really, that, that's know? a great question. I think that really, ultimately, we cannot treat artificial intelligence as one black box that always operates the same way. That how art, what artificial intelligence would do with this is largely dependent on how that artificial intelligence is built. As an example, most of the AI systems in use today are driven by gigantic amounts of data. That computers can process huge amounts of data and find subtle patterns that the human eye and brain could never find, right? So given that that's the basis and the more data they get, the better, I think if you were to assign them to be a healing program, but you gave them sufficient data, I think it, there's no reason it couldn't work. But it, again, the context, the problem has to fit the nature of the solution, right? So could AIs become energy healers? I see no reason why they couldn't. I'm just not sure that the technology we have right now, if that's a good fit. Right, Because you would need to have a gigantic amount of data for that to run from. So with today's AI, no, we don't have the data. Could we see that in 5, 10, 20 years? Maybe. But one of the things in my book series, the Where Science Meets Spirit books, I talk a lot about the intersection of science and healing. And here's what it comes down to. This stuff can become scientific. Yes. But we need to have scientific people running it through a scientific process. And that requires a large number of highly skilled people over a long span of time, which equals lots of money. <laughs> Even a very simple scientific research study, we're looking at millions of dollars, right? For a very simple one. As they get more expensive, we're talking tens, hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm just not sure how soon someone's gonna be willing to lay out that kind of money to bring scientific legitimacy to this part of the world. It's just, there has to be enough money in it, right? So can energy healing and meditation become scientific? Yes, there's no reason why they can't. In fact, if you follow the popular science, which I do, I love astronomy, cosmology, right? Anything yeah. outer space. I've watched the entire series of how the universe works like four times. I love that show. Right? I never get tired of it. I love it. I can watch it over and over. And so when we look at this, we look at what's going on in cosmology. It's fascinating that all of the leading cosmologists have to integrate some idea of God or spirit or higher power. 
the equations really don't work without it. So finding the divine is inherently written into the laws of the universe. At the same time, yeah, so the scientists are having to open to spirituality, at least in the realm of cosmology and fundamental physics. I'm going to point to one thing, sacred geometry. Yeah. (laughs) That fascinates me from the time I've been studying on my own journey spiritually. For sure. And that's one example like that you can't point yeah. to but to say, hey, how is this ordered the way it is? But- that's right. Sacred geometry, numerology, things like this, feng shui. Uh, I think it's fascinating stuff, though I'll say a legitimate criticism is this. You ask 10 different feng shui people to design your office, you're going to get 10 different answers because <laughs> they all Very have subjective. different schools and things. Yeah. It is highly subjective. But here's what's happening. That... 200 some years ago, Descartes drew a line down the middle of the world. And he said, science, you stay on this half. Religion, you stay on this half. And it worked for a long time because they were fighting each other before that. So the Descartes detente worked. So religion stayed out of science and science stayed out of religion. But now we're at the point it's not working anymore. Not only do we see leading scientists becoming spiritual, we're also seeing spiritual leaders becoming more scientific. People like me, people like Greg Braden, Bruce Lipton, that are doing some amazing work, and others, that we can only go so far with half the puzzle, right? You can only go so far with science without the spirit. And you can only go so far with spirit without the science. Pretty straightforward, I think, yeah. So of course we're coming together, right? And really, I think... Our society, our world is in a place where, with all the problems we have, the only solution is spiritual. I do not think there is room for another solution. There has to be something there. I always believe, I tell people, this is one of the things I arrived at in the last year or so, that we're spiritual beings living in a physical world. And if you think of our bodies like vehicles... And that we're spiritual and that we're made of energy. What you're talking about taps into exactly what yeah. I've been believing yeah. for a while. It's, it's a step in the right direction, though at the risk of being a bit of a jerk, I'll say what you said is technically false. And here's why. We're not actually beings. Because a being is a noun, isn't it? It's something yes, that's I- separate from the rest of things, right? <laughs> so what we are is not that, but that's a topic for another time. I'll that, say this too. It's all about verbiage and vocabulary. I, of course. I, I've had, how do I say this? Visitation dreams with spirit, my grandfather, for example. And I've had, mm-hmm. when I was under anesthesia, I had certain messages that came to me and experiences. And I find that when I try to describe the exact nature of what I experienced, words don't describe it adequately. Yep. They don't exist. Yeah. There so are no words. What you're saying is a point. I can understand what you mean, but yep. it, it's interesting. It, it, it's, I've said for a long time that one of our biggest obstacles is English. However, the other languages aren't any better. And for historical reasons, English is actually one of the better choices. Because historically, English is an an amalgamation of many different languages that gives us a much richer vocabulary to choose from. So, for example, say in Latin, there would be one word for snow, right? In English, we have many more because we have words that came from Latin, words that came from German, words that came from Gaelic, et cetera, right? But yes, the words we use are inherently limiting. Many of the experiences we have cannot be articulated into words. That's exactly why I say the third generation technology here can't be put into a book or a video. You can try, right? (laughs) But it's not the same, is it? You can put on your Motley Crue live album and it sounds good. It's not the same as being there at the concert. Of course not. Right. So that's what we run into. The words, it can at best point you in the right direction. Exactly. And, you know, what I want people to know is this is a technology that you can all learn to use and master. It doesn't take 20 years to, to master it like I did, unless you want to be teaching and practicing. It's like driving a car. You can learn to drive a car very quickly. You don't need to know how the engine works. Same thing here. You can learn to be a healer, get to a theta state, clear blocks, start changing your life with with hours of training. That's all it takes. Just hours. Took me years. I know how to do it in hours. Yep. 
what do you when you think we're discussing all these things and there's a lot of concepts that I love that we're going over because I, I love the word healing modalities and I, I, the different things you brought up. I want to ask you about the interplay between spirituality and metaphysics because I studied sure. metaphysical stuff myself yep. and the spirituality aspect of things. I feel like it's still on the cusp of our understanding. And I want to ask yep. you if you could differentiate both in terms of yeah. your own personal viewpoint. Your they, they are different. And, and it's a great distinction to make. Because most people in the world would conflate the two and treat them as the same. They're really not. I would define metaphysics as working with the less well understood, less measurable laws of the universe. So law of cause and effect, the law of attraction, right? The law of positive thinking. These are all metaphysical laws. And the same way an engineer can learn about architecture and structural loads and mechanical engineering to build a building, a healer, an energy worker, can understand how energy works to help people heal, to bring more money, right? So metaphysics is really non-physical manipulations using the metaphysical laws. And that's where most of my students start because that's easy to understand, right? It fits in your paradigm, right? Spirituality is a totally different beast. Spirituality is about what are you, this consciousness that is you? What is the nature of it? Where does it come from? Where does it go when you sleep? Where does it go when you die? What is, how does this consciousness of a one human relate to the others? What is God, the divine, the soul? How does that work? And so the spirituality is understanding, seeing the truth of what is. Because mo most of us have gotten totally wrapped up inside the illusion of the ego and the mind. And as a result, we think we're a separate being. And the fact is, every single problem we have in the world today results from that one false belief. It really is that simple. Let me ask you this. Personally for you, how has your journey been with intuition your journey with inwards, your own journey. I know you're sure, especially, I always love to know when guests come on my show, like where's your evolution with that within yourself? Cause I know yeah. I have my own viewpoints and I respect differences of, it was, um, I want to see what you, what intuition you was a tough one for me, for sure. Cause when I first had the first miracle with Terry and decided I wanted to be a healer like her, I had a false impression. I thought it was going to be easy. Why? I had straight A's over six years at MIT, perfect straight A average, right? Perfect straight A's in high school. I was a valedictorian, national merit scholar, honors, awards, Phi Beta Kappa. I could bore you with all my achievements. And I didn't just go to MIT. I didn't just graduate from MIT. You lived it. I, I crushed it. Yeah. I walked away and left that place a smoking ruin, right? In, in my grad school PhD orals, they, uh, the goal is they give you a problem that no one's ever solved because they want to see how you approach an impossible problem. I solved it. I actually solved an open problem in the field during my oral qualifiers. I was told I was the fastest ever oral qualifier in the history of the program. Average wow. time was three and a half hours. I was done in 90 minutes. So <laughs> just making the point, I used yeah. to be really smart. Not so much today. Right? <laughs> I used to be really smart. Now I'm much more normal, but it did nothing for my life. It ruined my life. And I was so stuck in my head. That's what I want people to take away. So I thought learning intuition and energy healing, I'm like, this is going to be easy. No, I was dead last. First training I did with Terry, there was what, 90 students there. I was so bad that on the third day on Sunday, I actually hid in the bathroom during the intuitive reading exercise. <laughs> Because I was so bad at it, I didn't want anyone to, to think badly of the teacher. Where are you so, now? So, that's where I was, right? Yeah. Long story short, I learned a lot. Again, a journey that I thought would be three to six months ended up being 10 to 15 years. And now it's very easy for me. Though, just like most psychics intuitives, it's much easier for me with other people, especially if I don't know them well. Yeah. It's much harder to read myself, my, my family, my body. Exactly. Why? That the conscious knowledge biases it, or it's really hard to get past. But it's actually funny you mentioned that because as we're recording this interview, I'm releasing a brand new video YouTube series called Ignite Your Intuition. 
It's a 13 video step-by-step series, giving people tips and pointers on how to develop your intuition. And it's designed to be generic. In other words, I'm not going to make you do it my way, right? Whatever method system you've learned, I'm going to show you lots of highlights and tips and tricks and secrets to make it work better for you. So it's been a journey, but yeah, intuition was really hard for me. But I would encourage everyone to look at it like this. Once you develop your intuitive ability, life really does get easier. It really does get better. Doesn't mean it's perfect, right? Every every psychic dies at some point, right? Of course. Of course. It doesn't mean bad things never happen. And it may take time. So let's say it's going to take three years to turn on your intuition. Okay. You might as well start now, right? Because if you wait, it's still going to take three years. So if you're 50 and it takes you three years, great. So you've turned on your intuition by 53. You got decades of your life. It's going to pay dividends. But just know it can be a steep learning curve at first, right? Same thing with the awakening, the third generation technology. It can be difficult to get your head around it. It does take time because it's so weird. It's so different, right? That's why in my trainings, I always start people with this first and second gen. And make sure you're getting some results and moving forward, right? Before we tackle the big stuff. Why? The big stuff is intimidating, right? Definitely. When we get into awakening, this is literally the foot in the door to enlightenment. It's the most significant and important step on the entire human spiritual journey. So go easy on yourself, right? Yeah. If it takes a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years, it's okay. It's worth it. Right? It's worth it. Most of my students and clients, by the time you come to me, most of them have had between two to 400 lifetimes on earth, right? So this is not for beginners. This is for people that are really ready to ascend to the next level spiritually. And it's hard because a lot of it is letting go. If you watch The Secret, it's all about, oh, make a vision board and say your mantras and tons of money will show up. Okay. That's still firmly in the grip of the ego, right? And if that's where you're at, no problem. But that's not where that's not where my students are at. It's transcending our relationship to these things, right? And it's odd that when you do that, it becomes a lot easier to make money. It becomes a lot easier to heal your body. Why? You're living as a vehicle of divine, divine will. You get the ego out of the way, and you, you'll be amazed at what happens in life. One of my ideas for our next book is something called from miserable genius to successful idiot because that's my journey i was a freaking high genius right really high genius and my life my adult life was absolutely miserable until i learned to let go of it and focus on wisdom and you know what now i'm an idiot but i'm so much happier (laughs) life is so much better i make more money right yeah ask you interestingly the meaning of happiness you already hit that just now by talking about that your next next project is going to be tackling that issue yeah and it's funny it's great you mentioned happiness i haven't started it as we're recording this but it's probably going to be out as soon as people are hearing this i'm releasing my entire premium program seven steps to happiness through youtube for free and so i got a lot to say on the subject i'd encourage everyone check out my youtube channel lots of good stuff here's a one sentence answer for you happiness is not about getting what you want. Happiness is about wanting what you get. And that's a huge shift from the that's victory to the vehicle. Yes. That's an alignment. Wanting what you get. Right. That's an that's alignment. What I mean. That's what I mean by get your mind out of the way and let the universe decide what shows up. I love that. <laughs> right? That, uh, that sounds like a t-shirt. Had, <laughs> yeah. Someone had once said about the band Fate's Warning, they said, the music is weird. It never goes where you expect it to, but somehow it always takes you somewhere better. And I remember that to this day, because that's how I feel about life and God. Your life will almost never take you to where you want it to go. And it seems weird, right? But if you give it a chance, you'll see it always took you somewhere better. And that's what I want people to start to see. You can make an enormous shift in your health, your happiness, your prosperity entirely on the inside right? Now the outside matters too, right? But for most people, they've neglected the inside, right? Imagine you're putting together a fantasy football team and you spend 90% of your draft capital on the offense. Then there's not much left for defense, right? Your team's probably going to lose. 
you need more balance. That's what I want to tell people. There has to be a balance of inside and outside. There has to be a balance of the spiritual, the scientific, right? What's more important to run fast, a strong left leg or a strong right leg? <laughs> they both matter. Right. They both matter. And if one's really strong and the other's not, you're going to run in circles. <laughs> and it's funny, but that's what a lot of us do. If you're really smart, like I used to be, you have this huge intellect, education, <laughs> ability, right? You're going to work really hard, exhausting yourself, running in circles. You ran 24 miles and moved six feet, right? And you wonder why you're not getting anywhere, right? So the hours are important. Yeah. yeah. Mind, career thinking, rationality. Yes, these matter. But the inner work matters too. The intuition, the feminine, the serene. We get them balanced and all of a sudden it's like your legs. You get them better balanced, you start running faster and you're not going in circles. Wouldn't that be nice? So if you've been going in circles in your life, exerting all this energy and effort just to put out the fires and survive the day, I may be the man to help you out of this. <laughs> Give it a shot. I like your approach because I'm all about promoting ideas and concepts outside of what traditional viewpoints suggest. Yeah. Yeah. And from my own personal journey, just having my show, coming across so many healers and people with different mindsets and points of view, from the metaphysical to quantum stuff to spiritual stuff, I think what you're talking about aligns a lot of these ideas and concepts from your specialty. Yeah, and, and it's funny. I'm very encouraging. As an engineer, I was a system specialist. That wasn't something I picked. That's just what came out of my education. I remember sitting down with my grad school advisor because Brent. You're like perfect systems person. So I'm, that is my specialty. I'm really good at understanding the big picture, this piece here, that piece here, coming up with the flow and all that, right? I'm not as good as take this one little piece and relentlessly optimize it for six months. No, I get bored. <laughs> I would too. It. Yeah. Would, that would be torture to me. Weeks. Anything that requires that tortures me. I need diversity. Right, right. In. So my, my personality type, I'm the systems person. I love the big picture. I love taking all these different ideas and pieces and bringing them together into a cohesive whole. And that's what we need, right? There's all these people doing some really amazing things. I'm sure you've had some great guests, right? <laughs> but we, we got to pull them together to a coherent whole. That, Only then, right? <laughs> right. Imagine you're, playing, yeah, imagine you're playing tug of war and you're all pulling the rope in slightly different directions. No. <laughs> you won't go anywhere. You're not going to go anywhere. You're just fighting each other. We all get on the same team listening to one person direct us. We can move mountains. We can save the world. We really can. When you say that, I think it's like synchronized swimming or those when people show up and they do the dance in the crowds and they all synchronize yeah, each yeah. other. It looks like this amazing display of right. you know, people being organized to do certain things by right. one set of plan. Yep. And I, I agree with what you're saying. I think it makes it makes it resonates. It makes a lot of yeah. sense. And that's always been part of my long-term plan. I'd love to help organize and direct a mass of healers. There are certain problems in the world that no one or two or three people can solve. We need to come together collectively. And we, we, are we need hundreds, maybe thousands. The um, number based on studies and mass meditation is the number you're looking for is the square root of 1%. So to change the life experience of a certain group of people, you need at least the square root of 1% of those people to be involved. So How many would that be for the entire world, it's less than 10,000. Wow. Yep. For the entire world, it's less than 10,000. That's and that's doable. Manageable. Manageable. Exactly. That's my Gotta point. Gotta get everyone locking stuff to organize and do it. If it was 10 million, I wouldn't know how to do that. But 10,000 people, that's doable. Absolutely. There's a half dozen venues just here in Las Vegas that'll hold 10,000 people, right? Yeah. We just got to find them and get them on board. It's like herding <laughs> cats, admittedly. Working with healers is like herding cats. But if we all see the big picture and we all see it's important, I think people will be willing to do their part. I love no, this. So, so, yeah. World War II. Americans had this idea then. We all have to work together and we all have to do our part. And trusting that's the only way to win. And yeah, that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to put aside all these petty differences over politics and religion <sighs> and who learned from whose master and let all that go and just move forward. And we can do this. We, you, you may know already, Jason, nearly every single problem we have in the world today has already been solved. 
We just lack the awareness and political will to implement the solutions. Makes sense. It's really that simple. And I look back at my life had to crater and be destroyed (laughs) so that I could develop these metaphysical, spiritual ideas and abilities to go help other people. And at some point, that's going to translate into mass action. I thought it would happen by now. It hasn't. But I think mass prayer is going to be a key part of of how we're going to fix things, for sure. I love that, by the way. Advocate for that. I always say, yes, I'm an intuitive psychic, but I'm also very spiritual in the sense that I believe in personal relationships with our maker and looking at us all all being collectively working together in a unified approach would make a big difference. Yeah, and I know how to do that. You give me 10,000 people, I can show them how to do it. I'm not the only one that can. I'm happy to be the leader. I'm also happy to be a lieutenant or a foot soldier. As long as we're all working together for the right goal, I'll take any job that's open. We're running low on time, but I want to make sure you have the opportunity of expressing to our audience how they can reach out to you because I'd love to have sure. them do that. I'm going to have the, you in the show notes, but I always give you the opportunity. Absolutely. Listening to the podcast while driving. I would say the most important thing is get over to my website at awakeningdynamics.com. And the first thing you'll see is a big button to register for the live Helathon webinar. These are live webinars. I only do them eight times a year. And I do them live because there are certain aspects of the energy work and consciousness that cannot go on a recording. It just doesn't work. And so on the Healathon, it's totally free. I will walk everyone through the seven tools of higher dimensional living, do a whole group of interactive exercises so you can actually experience this stuff. And at the end, we'll have an open Q&A and I will give one free healing to every person. So that, that's the most important thing. Get to the website, get registered for the Healathon. After that, check out my YouTube channel. I got lots of cool stuff on intuition, on spiritual investing, on the quantum field, on all this cool stuff. And uh, if you're a good foot, reach out to me. I'm, I have some availability for private sessions, so I have to be a little picky. But if you think this is a good fit, yeah, absolutely. Reach out to me. Well, I'll show you what you need to move your life forward. That's what I do. Brent, super exciting topic and what an amazing interview today. I really enjoy just our discussion and sharing your vulnerabilities. That's That takes a lot, but not only that, but sharing solutions to our existing issues. Yeah. And I'm excited to, to talk to you more. I think there's more content than even a one-hour interview. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I could talk to you for at least five hours. We I could, even more than that, right? I would say. Yeah, at least. Based on our dialogue, I, I could see that. And I know I'd love to have you back on in the future at some point. No, that'd be amazing. And I have to say, I love that to see a lawyer doing spiritual work. Why? Thank you. Thank you. The Thank world you. doesn't need more necessarily more healers and psychics. What the world needs is spiritual people everywhere. Yes. We need spiritual lawyers, spiritual cashiers, spiritual baristas, spiritual CEOs, right? Spiritual plumbers. Yes. A spiritual awakening. So, we all whatever you do, wherever you that. are, if you if we can get you a little more spiritual, it's going to serve you and serve the world. It's a win-win. Part of my shift happened uh, when I had my cancer in 2018. I had stage one kidney cancer and that gave me an mm. abrupt, I got it handled and it, it, through surgery and stuff, but it really changed my priority of things. Yeah. And forced me to be on the path I'm on now because of that awakening that I went through. And for my own spiritual journey, I've been doing this stuff since 04 when my grandfather died and I had a spiritual awakening the night he died and realized I was an intuitive medium. But it took me many years. So I completely, when you said you studied for 12 years and you did this, I I know what that's like to be on that kind of a journey. And I just, I, I find it refreshing for me to have you on and have us be able to link up and do this conversation today, not to have it benefit my audience, but to work in alignment with you, because I really do believe very strongly what you're saying, what you're doing matches the, like my own impression of what's needed and what we need to do. Appreciate you coming on. And, no, this and has been great. It's exciting. And let's <laughs> exactly. you know, I'm hoping that a few of the right people heard the message and will follow up and I'm going to show you how to change your life. It's going to be great. I just want to thank Brent Michael Phillips for coming on the show today. I love the concept of the marrying of the different backgrounds and disciplines that his work represents. It coincides a lot with my own personal viewpoints, having the different, I guess, breakdown of the different levels. It's super enlightening to think that we have these different generations to consider. When you look at something like healing, a lot of times we look at healing from a religious point of view, traditionally. But healing really represents something much larger than that. And I think what 
Brent's done today is he's helped to show that you could be on one journey in your life and then you take a detour and you might have some horrible things happen in the meantime, but then you could take that and inspire countless souls through your own work and efforts. I highly encourage everyone in the audience to check out Brent's website, awakeningdynamics.com. Check out his YouTube channel. I'm going to have all this information in the show notes. And I encourage each of you to challenge your own perspectives and viewpoints and have an open mind because that's what we need right now. We need to work together. We need to be in sync. And like Brent said, if we can get 10,000 people to work together, we might be able to help the overall good of the planet. With 7 billion people on the planet, that's not that many to think of when you really think about it. So keep an open mind about this stuff. Stay positive. Embrace these ideas because I think it's that important to be in alignment. And thank you so much. Stay tuned for future episodes. And thanks again for supporting the show. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook. And don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Welcome, explorers of the human experience. This is Let's Talk Soul, and I'm your host, Claudia Monicelli. We're not afraid of the great mysteries of existence here. Soul versus consciousness, we're on it. Spirituality versus science, we've got that covered too. Join us in navigating these profound topics with wisdom, curiosity, and a dash of audacity. Whether you're a spiritual veteran or just starting your journey, Let's Talk Soul is your passport to the unknown. Let's Talk Soul, diving into the depths of the human spirit. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Electric Acid.